Amen. I don't know. I, I can't help but sense the anointing when I watch that. Amen. We need God's unction. We need his anointing on what we're doing. Uh, we just don't pick out what we want to do and ask for his anointing, but we follow after his presence, his anointing, just like the children of Israel. They didn't go without the cloud. Amen? And God is moving in a mighty way here at Living Word. How many of you know that? And you're a part of it. God brought you here for a purpose and a reason, and you are a part of it. Hallelujah. Let's open up in prayer this morning. Father, we just love you this morning, and we thank you for your presence in this place, and we thank you for your precious Holy Spirit that opens up our eyes and our ears to hear what you want to do in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> amen. Praise God. Can we have that word up there more and more? Come on, let's say this together. 2024, okay? Ready? 2024 will be a year of more and more and more. More finances, more healings, more miracles, more outpourings, more people coming to Jesus, more things happening. Amen? He is the God of increase. You should be saying that every day, not just on, on Sunday mornings. Some people are afraid to believe for more. They're afraid to believe God for, for finances or healings or, or maybe it's God's will that we be in poverty or, or maybe that's God's will that, that, that we just, we're sick. You know, that, that tells me that, that you haven't been reading your Bible. Because if you read your Bible, it's God's will for us to increase, to be healed, to be blessed, to see outpourings where the world is getting touched by Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. I want to start out this morning. This is this is uh, legacy. This is the last uh, session of legacy, uh, and um, 2024 I, I believe is going to take us places we haven't been before. Um, it, it, not just in in our church, but in our homes. Amen. But <clears throat> this is our last, and we are going to be receiving pledges at the end of the service today. If you haven't received a book, okay, a legacy book, it's beautiful, it's got vision, it's got everything we're going to do, and what, what we've done, and we give one per family. If you have it, just raise your hand, and the usher will get a book into your hand. Just keep it up, and we'll get one of these legacy books into your hand. Anybody? Everybody got one? Okay, if you haven't got one, I mean, it's a good book to have. Put it on your refrigerator. Keep vision before you. Amen? I'm going to go ahead and start reading this in Psalm 66, 12. And it says, Thou hast caused men, this is talking about God, Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but Thou brought us out into a wealthy place. Brought us out into a wealthy place. Most of us were taught that the wealthy place in this verse only relates to money. But I'm here to tell you it relates to more than that. Other Bible translations define it like this. It means a spacious place, a place of freedom, a place of rest. God brought us out of the fire into a place of rest. God brought us out of and through the water into a place, here's one translation says, of rich relief and liberty, abundant prosperity, and overflowing abundance. Amen? This is the picture he desires for each of our lives, and he wants us to end up in a wealthy place. And some of you, this may be your first time here, and, and, and you might think, you know, but I challenge you 
to just uh, check out the scriptures that we're going to bring out to you this morning. Amen? We're, we're not ashamed of the gospel. We're not ashamed that God wants us blessed and abundantly blessed because we have a job to do. We, listen, we can't take it with us. And, and, and just imagine, just, God, gave, God gave me a word, and we're, I'm going to share that towards the end. But I just want you to imagine if we had all that we had, all the finances that we had that we needed to do what we want to do, how fast we could run and do what God has told us to do. Amen? We're seeing things happen. Listen, our Friday night youth services, oh, they're awesome. We had one week, we had, what, seven girls just show up. Seven brand new girls. The next week, we have about seven or eight brand new boys show up. I mean, we're growing. I mean, the, the, they're, they're, and, and they didn't know those girls. They're both from totally different places. Because one, because one teenager decided to invite them. Amen? I mean, it's getting full in here on Friday nights. Revival is getting ready to take place. And thank God we have a building that we can pay for. Thank God we can, we can have finances that we can do this for these young people. Amen? Hallelujah. It's, it's exciting. Get ready. Some of you aren't ready. Some of you are like, oh, okay. I just, I'm so tired. I'm just like, you know, I just made it here this morning, Pastor Judy. Are you kidding me? We don't have time to fool around with this. Amen? I believe that in these days, if we're not careful, we can, uh, we can listen to what's going on in the news and around the world. And, and it seems to me... In America right now, at least, that we seem to, people seem to have become uh, crisis-orientated. Everything's a crisis. Now, now, I'm not saying that some of the things aren't of real concern, but it seems to me that we, what we've done, and even in the start of the new year, just uh, uh, politically, around the world, the finances, the economy, everybody seems to be going from crisis to crisis, things that are happening in our nation, in our cities. And, and uh, I just think about the Bible verse where Jesus said, in the last days. Now, I have no doubt that we're 2,000 years closer to the last days than when Jesus made that statement. In the last days, things are going to be happen. And so uh, it's not hard to say we're closer to those days. But I think that we need to live like Jesus could come back tomorrow but we ought to plan like he may not come in our lifetime. And that's what we're doing here. Like that, that he may not come in our lifetime, that, that we need to leave something of a legacy for generations to come. We don't want to be, we don't want to leave a generation. We don't, we don't want to be like that generation in the Bible. It talks about that never heard of the signs or wonders or saw the things of God. Amen. We're here to plan for the future. God wants us to leave a legacy if Jesus doesn't come for another 2,000 years. Amen? Even though I believe, and I know many of you do, he's coming soon. Amen? If he comes back, we win. If he delays, the world wins because more people can get saved. I mean, we all, oh, I'm ready to go. You can come tomorrow, Jesus. But there's a whole lot of people. And so Jesus said in the last days, men's hearts will feel them for fear. And I feel like right now we, we need to make sure that God wants us to be resilient. 
He wants us to be able to withstand, to recover quickly from difficult situations. That's what resilient means, able to spring back because uh, there are things happening all around us, amen? But God is wanting us to be, to be stretched. He wants us to get our eyes off of the world. Some of us need to shut our TVs off because we're just, people are totally consumed by the political scene and the economy scene. And I know, I know you're feeling it. You probably feel it when you go to the supermarket or the, or the gas pump. But I'm telling you, listen to me. When, when all the plagues came on Egypt, remember when darkness came on the land? There was darkness in Egypt, but there was light in every dwelling in the children of Israel. And we are the light of the world. And we are the light of the world. Amen? Amen. I want to I wanna read Exodus um, verse 10, uh, chapter 10, verse 23. It, this, is, this is that scripture. They did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from his place for three days. Can you imagine the world is in dark for three days, but our homes have light in it? Where's everybody going to go to? They're going to follow the light. They're going to follow the light. God is wanting us to increase our level of expectation in 2024. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 320. And, you know, I, I wrestled with this. Like, God gave me a word, like, a little over a week ago. And I wrestled with this all week long, and I was trying to put it together. And, and you know, as pastors, we, we try to be sensitive. You know, the minute you start talking about finances or prosperity and abundance, you know, it, it, you know, the world doesn't care. They'll go to every conference. They'll, they'll work. They'll, they'll start businesses. But you get in a church, and all oh, that church talks about money. How do you think a church exists? Money is just a tool. Money is just a tool. But, God, but, but if, if we don't have money in our hands, we can't do what God's called us to do. Amen? And we believe that there's coming the greatest revival that this earth has ever seen. And we're going to be ready for it. We're going to plan for it. Amen? Look at this in Ephesians 3.20. It says, now unto him, this is in the, uh, I don't know what translation you put up there first. Oh, good, the King James. And then I'll just read the other one. It says, it says, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly, say exceedingly abundantly, <laughs> above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. In the, in the NIV, it says, now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. What are you imagining for 2024? Are you listening and imagining that the economy's gonna take a dive? Uh, you're gonna lose your job. You don't know what we're gonna do. I don't have enough for food. What are you imagining? Or are you imagining that uh, the abundant life that God is providing all of your needs, that I'm a tither and he's rebuking the devourer, that whether there's dark in the whole world, there will be light in my, if they shut off all the lights, my lights will be on in Jesus' name. Amen? If we understand our God is able to do the exceedingly abundantly above all that. Listen, he said it. I'm not saying it. God said it. He said, I will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think, all that you can imagine. 
And I believe 2024 is a year that we're going to take new ground, new ground for the supernatural, new ground for marriages and businesses and our health, and new ground for Living Word Church. Amen? Amen. God wants you to see his supernatural power working in your life where you can say, the only way this happened was God Almighty. The only way I got healed. The only way this blessing came. The only way this job came. The only way I got that favor. I can't believe they called me. I can't believe this. The only way. God is wanting us to know that it was him. We can do things with our hands. We can work with our hands and we should work with our hands. There are things that, that we can do to make our health better. But I'm telling you, there's a supernatural power of God coming on what we're doing. Amen? Hallelujah. We need to think big and not small. We cannot let the economy dictate to us what we can and cannot do. It's easier to do that. Well, I think, you know, I'm just going to cut down on my giving this year. I'm going to cut down on my uh, gas and I'm going to cut down on the... Listen, I'm not saying not to use wisdom in, in areas of life, but we cannot let the economy dictate to us. If we let God dictate dictate to us, and you'll step out in the water and start believing God, you'll see blessings like you wouldn't believe because God is wanting to get it into our hands. The Bible says that the wealth of the heathen is laid up for the just, and eventually it's going to find its hand, it find itself in our hand, and I believe that this is the generation that is going to harvest the wealth of the heathen. This, it's for a purpose. It's for a plan. How much can you do for the kingdom of God if you're not worried about your 60-hour-a-week job and the blessings of God are on you? Hallelujah. You got quiet on that. When you ask and think big, God gets involved. Something that you cannot do yourself, God wants to get involved. Many people are struggling and they're trying to figure out, but they're not, bringing, they're not making God involved in their situation especially in their finances. People think something's wrong with that. Listen, Jesus provided healing for our bodies. He provided forgiveness for our sins. What's so strange about him providing blessings for our finances? You see how religious that can get? How stupid, how stupid stuff gets? So about a, a week or two ago, some of you might think, oh, Judy, you're not very spiritual. You know that God can do this. But anyhow, I was just sitting there. I was just praying in the spirit. And I, and I just started, you know, just this imagination went through my, my, my thoughts of, of, of church fully paid for. Like not just getting a mortgage. And then I started to thinking about my house and fully paid for. My, you know, all of the debt. And I just, I was just thinking, it was just like, it was liberating. And I said, I, I asked God, I said, I said, God, can we really be debt free? Like really be debt free? I'm not talking about where you pay a mortgage every month. Some of you, you know, your credit rating's good and you're paying all your bills. I'm talking about debt free. What could we do for the kingdom if we're debt free? Amen? And, and I was sitting there, and it was so liberating. I, I don't know. I just caught this vision. It was so liberating. 
uh, to be debt free, not having, uh, you know, to 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 be concerned, not having to uh, raise money, all of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? And God said this. He said, "Whatever you put your hand to will prosper. Whatever we put our hand to should be prospering. It should not. Be, it should not be struggling with that. It should be prospering." But most people, you know, they are, they are living and consumed by their debt and by their jobs. And God answered this, and he said this to me. He said, if you believe for it, it was that simple. If you believe for it, you can be debt-free. He said, people are not believing for it. They're not even asking for it. And Ephesians says, he'll do exceedingly abundantly above all that you what? Ask. He said, people aren't believing me for it. They're not asking me for it. You see, we need God's super on our natural, and we need to start, uh, challenge, we, start we need to start putting the word of God out there and start believing God for debt freedom. Nothing's too big for God. God nothing, and I'm going to show you in the word of God, it is a story in the word of God where Every, the more people were released from all of their debt at one time. I'll show you. Amen. If you don't believe it, it's not going to happen for you. Hallelujah. The church will believe God for everything but finances. Oh, no, we, 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 we don't want money. That's, that, that's why you don't have it. Well, we made our mistakes. Now we have to fix them ourselves. No help from God. Well, is that the same with the forgiveness of sins? You can receive a clean slate every single day. You know, if, if your child goes out and blows something that you gave him financially, but they, they repent, they come home, they're sorry, you're not going to kick them out the door and say, well, too bad you can't eat until, you know, you can't eat in this house because you spent all your money. No, we're not going to do that. Amen? It's so, it's so religious. Anyhow, let's look at this Psalm 105. 37 through 45. I'm going to read this in the message about the children of Israel. And listen, God is no respecter of persons. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Malachi says, he changes not. He's not going to do for one that he's not going to do for some. It's not like this thing. We are, adult, we, we are heirs of Abraham. Amen? Amen? Just like the children of Israel. Now look at this in, in the Message Bible. It said, he led Israel out, their arms filled with loot. Say loot. loot. <laughs> and not one among his tribes even stumbled. Egypt was glad to have them go. They were scared to death of them. God spread a cloud to keep them cool through the day and a fire to light their way through the night. Now remember, the children of Israel went to do a lot. They were slaves. They were beaten down. Moses had to keep going back by the Pharaoh, to the Pharaoh. But, but so, so things might look glim, but you keep your faith in God. Because I'm telling you, you'll see the liberating power of God in your life. It says in verse 40, they prayed and he brought quail Filled them with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock and poured and, and water poured out. It flowed like a river through that desert. All because he remembered his covenant and his promise to Abraham, his servant. It's all about his covenant. It's all about his promise. It's not about your behavior. 
Now, you can't be stupid and living out there in the world and just not caring about God and just not standing on the word of God because you won't see the promises of God. You won't be able to use your faith. But it's because if we'll believe the promise of God, we'll see the blessings of God. Amen? Remember this. He, if, you, if you read through the Bible, especially the Old Testament, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, on and on, God kept reminding them, it was because of my promise. It was because of my promise. Because none of them lived perfect. None of them could do everything right. But God kept reminding them, it's because of my promise. And it's to us today. His promises is to us today to be abundantly supplied, to be blessed, to be healed, to be whole. Amen? In verse 42, he says, all because he remembered his covenant, his promise to Abraham, his servant. Remember this, he led his people out singing for joy. I think a lot of people will be singing for joy. They're out of debt. His chosen people marched singing their hearts out. He made them a gift of the country that they entered. Help them seize the wealth of the nation. Help them seize the wealth of the nations. Help them seize the wealth of the nations. There's wealth in the nations. Don't let, the, don't let the people fool you. So they could do everything, so they could do everything he told them and could follow his instructions to the letter. Amen? And in the King James 37 and 38, he said, it brought them forth with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among them. They came out. God told them, go to the Egyptians. Go, 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 go borrow all of that, you know, tell them you want to borrow their jewelry and things for them. I'm going to read that scripture in a minute. And, and, and they came forth with silver and gold. Remember now, God told them, they, they went and borrowed it. But God took care. When you borrow something, you have a debt to somebody. But God took care of the debt that they owed. Amen? I mean, God wants to take care of us. I heard a story about... A uh, man, uh, this is a testimony that I, I heard Bill Winston tell, and, and he said uh, this, this man was, um, he came in and he heard the message about being delivered from debt, being delivered, uh, you know, he was, he was in financial poverty, and he got a revelation of this, and he started believing God, and he started paying off things, and he went to buy a car, but his credit was just a mess, and, but, he, but he went in believing God because they needed, he needed a vehicle, and so he goes in there, and, he, and, and, he, and they come back out, and they go, sir, you know, and he felt like he was being led of the Lord, and, and, and so, but they came out, and they said, sir, your credit, um, you know, this just, I, I don't know what we can do for you, and he heard the Holy Spirit said, um, step out of the office for a minute, and so he, he said, I'll be right back, and he steps outside, and he's, and the Holy Spirit's just reminding him of all the scriptures, you know, the things that he'd been meditating on, and so he just claimed them, and, and then he walks back in, and he sits in the chair, and, and he said, he said, can you run it again? I mean, I, there must be some mistake. They ran his credit again, and the whole credit was, was he had the highest credit score. He was able to buy the car. You got to listen to the Holy Ghost, amen? God is, but if you, if you don't have no faith, if you're not believing for anything, the Holy Spirit's not going to lead you and guide you, you know? He might, he might stop and tell you, hey, go, go over there and, uh, you know, knock on that door. You know, maybe you're a salesperson, you know? I used to, I used to sell Kirby vacuum cleaners. Remember those, those? And they were big and heavy. And I'd, clock, I'd, I'd carry them up to third floor apartments and throw dirt on people's carpet when they opened the door. I did what they told me to do. And they'd be like, what? I'm from Kirby, and we can clean your whatever anyhow. But I'll tell you what, 
when you believe God, God will give you favor. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I can tell you some of those stories. They, they weren't happy with me. I didn't know God back then. I wish I did. Hallelujah. Anyhow, I'm going to stop. I have thoughts, and i got to put those thoughts aside. But, but God can change anything. I, I, how many of you heard the story about um, uh, the woman? She was, uh, she, she was, I don't even know if she was saved or whatever, but she heard, about, she heard about Bill Winston, and she went to his church, and she went up to him, and she started yelling at him. She said, you preach all this stuff. She said, I got gangs on my street every day, and they, they just take what they want, and they just do what they want, and she was just complaining. She said, tell me how to take care of that. And so he got her some anointing oil. And he said, here, take this oil and anoint your street. Now, somebody else would say, that's stupid. We're not going to do that. That, that. that don't even make sense. But she took that anointing oil. And she went and she said, I can't remember what the confession was. And she spoke it. And she said, within a week, every gang member was moved off of her block. I mean, God will move in supernatural ways if you'll believe him. Amen? It takes faith to believe God. I want to share with you, God reminded me of this when, he, when, when I was talking to him about these things. And he said, look what happened a few years back. You know, we had, a th we had an Ephesians 3.20 moment. We had a miracle. And I believe, when did we move in here? 2018 or 2019? Yeah, I think it was at the end of 2018. It was like October around there. And we were over, we moved from Brockton to Norwell, and many of you heard about that miracle. Well, we were in Norwell, and I mean, we were believing God every step of the way. I mean, we were not, we were not in the flow yet. We were not, we were just, every month, we were just like, our teeth were gritting, you know. We went from 3,000 a month to 12,000 a month, just like that, you know. And one day, our landlord came to us. And now we were still in the middle of building out. We were still having things going on. We, it wasn't in, at, we, we, we did the blueprints. We did everything we knew to do, but we were still working on that building. One day, Arlen, he said, hey, somebody wants this space. I got a space down the road if you want to come and look at it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, we put our sweat and blood into this. We did everything. You know, we don't, we, we, you know, so, and we're not, we don't, we don't know that God's in this thing. And so he brings us over here, and we all look at it, and it doesn't look exactly like it looks now. And we were like, I don't know. We were so into our plan and our blueprint, you know, that we didn't really want to make a change. But we prayed, and we sought counsel from our pastor and other pastors, and they said, you cannot walk away from this blessing. Now, let me tell you what happened in one day. In one day, we got seven free months of rent. In one day, we moved into this place that had 300 chairs, and we needed chairs bad. It had lights. It had a sound system. It had tables in the cafe. It had, I mean, we just walk, honestly, we, we, sometimes we, we don't know the blessing when it kicks us in the face. And we're thinking, and we're on a main road, and we got a light-up sign on our building that people 
tell us about all the time that they see it. Oh, I see that. Oh, I got to come by. Oh, I saw the light on the building. Is that your church? In one moment, just like that, we didn't have carpet. Is there somebody behind the scenes over there? But they had carpet here. I'm telling you, in one moment, God can change the condition of your home. He can change the condition of your life. If you will believe him and if you will expect it. Amen? It's time to stretch. I want to read this, the, the, the scripture in Isaiah 54, 2 through 4. It says, enlarge the place of your tent. Let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Spare not, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. For you will spread abroad to the right hand and to the left, and your offspring will possess the nations and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. You know, when we came in here, we started to grow immediately. We're having two, and just about both services are pretty full. There's not a whole lot of seats missing. And I'm telling you, from Easter on, we're not going to see any seats missing. He says, fear not, for you shall not be ashamed, neither be confounded and depressed, for you shall not be put to shame, for you shall forget the shame of your youth, and you shall not seriously remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. Scripture, you know, I'm telling you, this, this scripture, the Holy Spirit, in so many ways, have spoken to us, because we, we, we don't want to remember when we first started out sometime, and we think, what were we thinking? I don't know. I, I, you know, but I'm telling you, God was in it. And as long as we sought the Lord, he kept moving us along. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I want to go through some scriptures of debt release real quick with you this morning. We're going to get ready to receive our pledges of legacy for this coming year. And I'm telling you, what can you believe God for? I'm not asking you to do what you can do. I'm asking you... What can you believe God for? Some of you already decided in your heart, oh, I think I'll give 50 bucks. Some of you, you know, you just like, what are you holding on? What are you, what are you, what are you holding on to? I'm telling you, you cannot outgive God. He'll bless your socks off so you can do that much more for his kingdom. Hallelujah. So let's look at let's look at Exodus chapter three twenty. You guys are early. Did I call you up? Are you guys pushing me off or something? No, 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 no. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I do. Okay. They're gonna sing a song for me for you. Anyhow, let's look at this. How many of you can imagine being free from debt? Let's pull you back here. Let's look at this. In Exodus 3, 21 through 22, it says, And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall come to pass that when you go, you shall not go empty, but every woman shall borrow, say borrow, borrow. of her neighbor and of her that sojourneth in her house, jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment, and ye shall put them upon your sons and upon your daughters, and ye shall spoil 
the Egyptians. Now imagine this. They have been slaved, they have been whipped, and they have been hated by the Egyptians. And God's saying, I want you to go to your neighbors, and I want you to get the jewels and the silver. I want you to tell them you're borrowing it. But do you know what happened when they crossed the Red Sea and all of the Pharaoh's, all of the Pharaoh's army was killed? Do you know what happened? That that debt that they owed from borrowing, they were, there was a debt release. God took care of it. They never had to bring it back. They never had to bring it back. I can imagine there had to be a little bit of fear going on when they went knocking on those doors, but it was for their sons and their daughters. How many of you know God wants you, your children to have the best education? Your, your children should have the best of the best. Sometimes we live in this world and we think, well, they just need to know what it's like to, to suffer and to work hard and all of this stuff. I'm not even going to go there. Let's go to Exodus 14, verse 30. It says, uh, thus says the Lord saved, the Lord saved Israel that day out of the land of the Egyptians, and Israel saw that the Egyptians were dead upon the seashore. A debt was canceled. How about David? I'm not going to go and read all of that. Uh, I'm just going to read maybe uh, the end of verse 25. But how about David when he went to Goliath? When he went up there and, 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 and they, he's like, what's going on? Who is this guy that's coming against God's people? Why don't you guys? And everybody was running from Goliath with fear. And then David heard that his family's taxes and debt would be paid and, and he would receive a wife if he would, if he would go in and for the man, not just for David, for, but for the man that would destroy Goliath. Well, how many of you know David did that? And it says in, in verse 25, it says, now, do, now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel and the king will give great wealth Say great wealth. great wealth. To the man who kills him, he will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his father's family from taxes in Israel. How would you like to get your taxes paid? Why can't we believe God for that? Why can't that? It doesn't mean God doesn't want us to pay our taxes, but why can't he pay them for us? God knows where the money is. God knows what you can step. You probably have uh, money ready to come. I remember a few years back, God said to me, there are, there are um, inheritances, there are uh, court cases, there are, I, I can't remember what else it was, but he said, there are things that, that, that belong into my people. So there's money coming to them, but they won't call it in. It's just sitting there waiting for them to say, money come waiting for them to stand on the word of God and believe him. There was a, a, a widow woman in 2 Kings chapter 4, 1 through 7, I want to read this, whose debt, she was actually married to a prophet. Let's look at this. It says, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elijah, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to the bondman. And Elijah said unto her, what shall I do for thee? So they were going to come. They were going to arrest her kids. Uh, she owed all of this credit. And uh, basically, her, her, her sons were going to become slaves. He said, tell me, what hast thou in thy house? And she said, thy handmaid has not anything in the house save a pot of oil. And he said, go borrow vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. She must have thought he was crazy. See, we're telling you, 
that God is a debt release God, that God is God Jehovah who provides all of your needs. I'm telling you that God has given me a word this year that if we'll believe God, we'll be on a journey to debt, complete debt release. Amen. Amen. He said, go and borrow those vessels. Borrow, and then he says, borrow not a few. And when, not, when you come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and thy, upon thy sons and shall pour out into all those vessels. And thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her. And she poured out. And it came to pass, listen to this, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said, there's not one, there's not another vessel. And the oil stayed, and she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay the debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. And all of that debt, that was it. She just obeyed God. She just obeyed God. And, and, and there's so many scriptures like this, but I want to read one more, and this is in Nehemiah. And I love this scripture. In, uh, in Nehemiah, I'm going to start with chapter 5, verse 1 through 4. This is the last portion of scripture. You know, even in Matthew, read about the, um, the 10,000 talents and how the man came and repented and he got his, he, he, he was forgiven. Let me tell you what scripture, because I don't want to read it right now. Matthew 18, it says, verse 27, Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave the debt of those 10,000. It's all over the New Testament it was happening. The debts were forgiven. Now, but here, I want you to particularly see this in Nehemiah. It starts with verse 1. I'm sorry I'm keeping you a little late today, but you're just going to have to sit until I'm done. <laughs> Hallelujah. It, I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation, actually. And this is... Uh, Oh, where do I get? Okay, I'm going to start with verse 1. It says, About this time, some of the men and their wives raised a cry of protest against their fellow Jews. And if you know the story of Nehemiah, they were building the wall and so forth. They were saying, We have such large families. We need more food to survive. Others said, We have mortgaged our fields, our vineyards, and our homes to get food during the famine. And others said, we have had to borrow money on our fields and vineyards to pay our taxes. We belong to the same family as those who are wealthy, and our children are just like theirs. Yet we must sell our children into slavery just to get enough money to live. We have already sold some of our daughters, and we are helpless to do anything about it, for our fields and vineyards are already mortgaged to others. In verse 6, Nehemiah says, when I heard their complaints, I was very angry. And after thinking it over, I spoke out against these nobles and officials. And I told them, you are hurting your own relatives by charging interest when they borrow money. I called a public meeting to deal with the problem. At the meeting, I said to them, we are doing all we can do to redeem our Jewish relatives who have had to sell themselves to pagan foreigners, but you are selling them back into slavery again. How often must we redeem them? And they had nothing to say in their defense. And I want you to skip down to verse 11. And it says, you must restore their fields, vineyards, olive groves, and homes to them this very day and repay the interest you charge when you lent them money, grain, new wine, and olive oil. And they replied, 
We will give back everything and demand nothing more from the people. We will do as you say. And then I called the priest and made the nobles and officials swear to do what they had promised. They paid off their mortgages. They paid off their taxes. They paid off every debt that they had owed. In one day, that whole, that, they were all delivered from their debt. I know you're thinking that that's just too hard to believe. Listen, we, we can do the little stuff. We can live. We can work. We can, you know, if we work hard and pay our bills. But with God's super and our natural, I'm telling you, God wants us free from this debt. And he made a way for us to be free from debt. And he told me, he gave me that word this year. I believe, I believe people are going to see debt drop off like, if you'll believe God, you, and, and we're going we're gonna to talk about this. We're going to be talking about this on Sunday nights. If you really want to see debt drop off, you'll step into this. God has, you cannot outgive God. Now, you're here this morning, and we're getting ready to, to receive a pledge, and I'll have our worship team come out. Now, listen to me. There's another story in the Bible where Elijah went to, Elijah was at the, at the creek, remember, and the, and the ravens were feeding him, and then he went to a widow woman, and he was the man of God. He was the instrument. He was the church of that day. He was the one that God was using, and God sent him to a widow woman, and he said, I, I've provided a widow woman that will take care of you. See, God already provided there's, there's, there's provision out there, but you got to step out and believe God. Amen? And so he goes to this widow woman, and he goes, you know, could you have something to eat? And she said, I swear as the Lord is my God, you know, all I have is this little piece of bread. I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat me and my son, and we're going to die. And the prophet gave her a word, and he said, if you'll give me a piece first, he said, you won't go hungry. You just read, go and read the script. That's just in short. And sure enough, she took care of the man of God, and God took care of her, and he took care of her children, and she did not die, and she had abundance of food. And I'm telling you here today, we got to start stepping out on this. God is wanting, he said, if I can get money into your hand, if I can get it through you, I'll get it in your hands. And I'm telling you, when you partner with God's business, He'll partner with your business. When you, she didn't just give over and above what she had. She gave all that she, she, she didn't have anything. And God blessed it. And we're asking you to stretch. God gave us that word in Isaiah. It's time to stretch. It's time. We're the ones called to build the church. We're the ones that are going to harvest the wealth of the, you'll never see it unless you start stepping out giving and trusting in God. You can't outgive God. He says, give and it will be given back to you. Some of you are listening to this and you're just so religious. Oh yeah, I heard this. Oh yeah, I just, you know, I can't wait till the service is over, you know. But God has you here for a reason. He's not messing with this. Look at the state of the world. God is moving in a mighty way. You need, to get, you need to step into the move, not just, man, oh, I want to see the Holy Ghost move. Oh, I want to see people healed. Oh, I, I want to see revival. Well, you know what? We need to see, where, 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 I'm telling you, when you see revival, you see the finances too. God wants to visit your home. 
But without faith, he's not going to visit. He's not going to bring, oh, well, you know, whatever. We'll see what happens. Listen, I, we've, we've been doing this for a long time. And God's kicking my butt. And so we're going to start kicking butt around here. All right? Amen. Kicking butt with my faith. Get on it. Can, can, can you really, can we really live debt free? Just me asking that question after all these years. Are you kidding me? Just that coming out of my mouth. So we're gonna pray, we're gonna play this song. Come on, I know we're late, and I know we have um, growth track. You guys can get in there as, as soon as you can. But I've asked them to to sing this song. I want everyone before they start singing the song, I want you to get your pledge cards that are on your seat. I believe every one of you are gonna take part of this today. I want you. You've had time. You've had almost four weeks to think about your pledge. I'm telling you, we have increased our pledge last year. I couldn't even, just, you know what, at the beginning of the year, I wanted to choke when God gave me the figure. But I'm telling you, it just, I, I do it every month and it just comes in. And our bills are paid and we have more than enough. Amen? Listen, it could cost anywhere from five to ten million to get in a church. How many of you know there can be a transference of wealth? And how many of you know it might just come through you? Maybe that's that. Maybe it's that real estate deal. I don't know. Maybe it's that inheritance. Maybe it's somebody is waiting to call your business with a million dollar deal. But you've got to release it by sowing seed into the kingdom and using your faith. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Maybe you're on Social Security and one day you get this. Listen, we've gotten checks from the government in taxes that pastor would say, don't spend that because I don't know where it came from. I'm like, it's ours. I don't care. We're spending it. You might get a deposit in your account that says $10,000 of back something from Social Security. I don't know, but it's not going to show up unless you believe God. Come on now. You're not just in church. You're believing God. You're going over the top. I'm going to grab a hold of this. I'm not messing around anymore. Hold your pledge cards up. Come on, everybody. I see, I see five pledge cards. Come on. I believe you're going to get on board. You know, we got teenagers that give $10 a month faithfully. We got teenagers that give $50 a month faithfully. We got teenagers that are tithing. They ain't messing around. I'll tell you, these teenagers that are coming in, they're so hungry for God. If you tell them to sit like an Indian in the front of the church for 20 minutes, they'll do it because the Bible says so. They're just hungry for God. Why do they have to grow up the way we grew up? They can grow up in the blessing of God. Amen. Hallelujah.
Oh, there's so many things going through. Remember, I gotta stop. But I'm telling you, I want ushers to bring the buckets up here. I want the buckets. You got them? I want you to lay them on the top. Hallelujah. Is that all the buckets we got? I, I, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to get more buckets. We need lots of buckets. We need buckets that are overflowing. <laughs> See, if we have lots of buckets, that shows a great expectation, right? <laughs> we're gonna have to get twenty buckets. Hallelujah. We're going to sing this song. And pastor's going to come. And he's going to pray. But listen, this song is called Build Your Church. That's what we're doing. That is what we're doing. We are building our church. Listen, folks, we're going to pull all the stops out this year. If you're going to hang around here this year, you're going to have to get radical. Radical with your faith, radical with your giving, radical with your living for Christ. Hallelujah. So I want you to take that pledge. Hold it up. Where, are you, are you going to come and pray over this now? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Come on, hold it up. Wave it. I want you to wave it. I want you to wave it so the people next to you see you're waving it, okay? Give them a good wave. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wave and wave offerings to the Lord. Okay. When you, when you, when you bring it, you can stay up front as we worship God. Praise God. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, you perform your word. Mark chapter 16. It said they preached the word and signs follow. And Father, we speak debt release right now. The word has been spoken this morning. And you said you watch over your word to perform it. Hallelujah. And Father, we thank you. We receive the, the miracle of debt release in our finances as we sow into the kingdom this morning. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Every debt is canceled in this house in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, you said that, and God told me that this morning. He said, signs and wonders follow the word. And we're going to see a sign. We're going to see signs and wonders of debt release in your life. Your car's paid off. Your mortgage is paid off. Your school tuition paid off. Come on now.